back to the KD pod. Today we're talking NBA talk. Back with the big fellow himself, Mike Gow. What's going on, Mikey? What's going on, man? So today we are talking about the NBA draft. You know, our favorite time of year. We love, you know, scouting and projecting prospects. And this is our first one of the 20, 2022 NBA draft. So today we're going to be doing a mock top 10 where we go back and forth starting with Mikey as the GM of the Orlando Magic and me you know as the GM of the Oklahoma City Thunder and we're just going to go back and forth from there so a little context to this draft Mike do you like this draft do you see depth do you see top end talent what do you see with this draft real quick so it's definitely not like the LaMelo uh, year where there's clearly a couple, like, you know, it's going to be like superstars. This year's draft, I, I think it's pretty shallow, but I feel like there's, there could be some like good player that they can develop like later in the draft. But like the top three pick this year, I don't think it's like that high, you know, in level compared to like a couple prior, a uh, couple prior drafts. That's my personal, like. So more, more depth and less, you know, difference between it's not really like there's a the four-person draft and that's it, and then it drops off a cliff. It's a little mm -hmm. more stratified. I could agree yeah. with that totally. So let's just get straight into it. What do you say? Um, yeah. you, you're on the clock. On the clock, Orlando Magic. It's going to be pretty, like a lot of people have a clear option, but I don't like that. So I think I'm going to take Jabari Smith for my first pick. And I think to pair up with uh, Cole Anthony. So right now, the couple main pieces that have Cole Anthony, Mo Wagner, and maybe Wendell Carter. And they need this power forward that can stretch the floor and shoot and play defense. Smart with Jonathan Isaac. Jonathan Isaac, who knows? He haven't played in two years, three years. Great point. Yep. And he's not he's not as good of a shooter as Jabari Smith. He's a better defender when he's healthy. But Jabari Smith is a really developed offensive player. And he can read the defense. He can, you know, he's 6'10", so he can shoot over people. But also he can give you the pump fake, lift fake, one dribble pull-up, right? So that's like a really dynamic wing piece that they really need, I, I believe. I like that. You know, I like Jabari Smith a lot. He's, I just, my thing with him is I see him in interviews and I, he just looks so young. Like he looks like he's 17 years old. Man. It's, it's crazy, but he's 6'11 and he just tore up the SEC. Mm -hmm. You know, he's, he's going to be a spectacular player. I just think he needs to be in the right organization. And if looking at him in Orlando, man, I don't know. I see, I see Isaac, Wagner, Carter, Bamba, Okiki. I see all these pieces that are kind of the same as him, you know, these, these big power forward center-ish wings forwards who can theoretically do all these guard skills. 
you know, I just, I just hope he doesn't get lost. Like a perfect example is another, another dude right on their team is Jalen Suggs. You know, I, if he gets picked fourth to Toronto, he is all rookie team, first team, no doubt. He's playing significantly better than he was, than he did on, on Orlando. So we'll see. Um, Cause they have a, a bunch of guards and a bunch of forwards and uh, who really knows like what they're doing. Who knows what they're doing. Exactly. So, okay. We got Jabari Smith going number one to Orlando. All right. On the clock now is OKC. You know, I've gone through the teams that I'm going to, I'm going to be the GM for and, you know, what's their fit. OKC, it's been the same as it'll, it'll be for the next three years. And it has already been for the previous three years, which is just draft and the biggest and highest upside player possible. Take a swing, best player available. And for me, that's Chet Holmgren, easily. He, he is essentially a... You know, Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> he's he's a souped up real deal Poku. And that's perfect for, for OKC. They love those type of players, kind of the unicorn, super high upside. And I like Chet. You know, I think his defense, if anything, has the potential to be, you know, almost like a Robert Williams. You know, his length, his timing, his mobility his ability to switch on defense, those are enough skills by themselves to put him as a top five pick, honestly. Sure, his frame is really small, is really thin, really thin frame. Um, but then you just look at his offensive game. And, and I think he was, he was one of those guys who was a little stymied in college. You know, he didn't really get to showcase everything he could do. He didn't really get to be that offensive player that we saw in high school, bring the ball up the court, hitting a hezzy crossover and diming someone with behind the back pass. Like we never really got to see that. And that's exactly what the NBA is for. So Chet Holmgren coming to OKC. Makes sense. What do you think? Um, so right now their foundational piece is Giddy, Shea. So they're playmakers. And right now, I think OKC with their front court is kind of thin, right? With like the center position, power forward position, you got Isaiah Ralby, you got Jeremiah Robinson Earl. It's like none of them's going to be like, yeah, like Chet Holmgren level player. And Chet showcased his length to like protect the rim. So you can put him at small four, like Lauren Marketing, or you can put him at the five. So it's like really versatile. Yeah. And they can do a lot with, you know, they can sign free agents with like powerful small four position and they already have Lou Dort. So what chat gives them like a like a more, you know, like well-rounded roster, I believe. Too. So I think that's perfect for like OKC too. So. Couldn't agree more. Now we have on the clock H10. <laughs> The Rockets. Houston. Um, 
So Houston, I got Paolo Banchero. That's the top three, clearly. So got to pick Paolo Banchero. And I think that's Houston's objective, too, is to pick the best player available. And who knows what Christian Wood is like doing? Because a couple of years ago, we talked about it, and we think it's a great contract, but we didn't like underestimate like the personal side of players. And I've heard he's got, you know, issues with the team and all that. So mm-hmm. I think Houston might be looking to trade Christian Wood for some assets and Powell Ventura could fit right in. And as a young player to pair up Jalen Green, that can finish, that have a variety of different ways to score on the offensive end. And just as my personal comparison for Powell Ventura is like a more advanced PJ Washington and can really just come in and play. And yeah, what do you think? Yeah, I think it's a no-brainer. I really think the top three, they could, you know, I think Chet, I don't know, Chet could go one, maybe. But I really think these this top three is pretty set. You know, I really, I like, I like Paolo a lot. I like him a lot. I think he's got the work ethic. He's got the motor. He's got all the tools. You know, his jumper looks better and better. And I just, I think he works really hard. And with the physical tools he has, it's, it's great. My only question is, is the fit. Again, it's the fit with Houston. You know, with, with two guards in green and Porter, and then you have Schroeder and Christopher, kind of just all your guards are really, you know, kind of shoot first guards. And then I think Paolo's kind of a shoot first power forward. You know, I don't really see the flow in this team. I don't really see where the where the ball is moving as much as it should. But yeah, I think I think they don't really have a good power forward or small forward for them. You know, he's gonna step in and get a lot of minutes. It's just what role is he going to embrace? Is he going to come in and think he's going to score 20 points a game? If, he, if he's going to do that, he's going to be frustrated. He's not going to get the shots, and who knows what happens. But I think if he comes in embracing energy and defense off the rip and then lets the offense come to him, I think there's the mold where you have Houston as a, you know, an, an exciting young team with Jalen Green, Ponchero and whoever whoever else they have around them, whoever's left. I think that's a really good core. Um, so Paulo's great player, about fit. Um, uh, Alpha and Sengun. Sengun. Yeah, I question that fit too because they're both kind of undersized. You know, is he going? Is Sengun going to play the five? I don't know. Is Paulo going to play the four or the three or the five? You know, who knows. Um, I just want to, I want to see that fit for sure. Um, So, okay. Paulo to Houston at three. Now I'm on the clock with Sacramento. And this is where, this is where we ask ourselves, is it Jaden Ivey? Is that the right fit? Or is it someone else? It's kind of one player or everyone else. Um, If I'm Sacramento, 
Jaden Ivey is someone who's going to be spectacular if you give him the ball. He needs the ball. If he's playing off the ball, I think he could struggle. You know, he's not going to – he can be a good cutter theoretically, but that's not what you want him to do. You want him to be explosive with the ball. He can be a playmaker, but you want him with the ball going downhill. And I don't really like that. You, you, in, in Sacramento, you already have – Darren Fox, Davion Mitchell. Um, Mitchell, and then even in your, if you push him to the two, you have, you know, you have Dante DiVincenzo and, and Justin Holiday and Jeremy Lamb, kind of just this gluttony of, of ones and twos, and you look at their wings with Trey Lyles and Harrison Barnes, and there's just not a lot of defense there, right? So this is where I'm going to pick, I'm going to take a personal pick and I'm going to go with AJ Griffin out of Duke. Mm-hmm. Six, six, small forward, uh, freshman, a really young for his age, really, really young, like reclassed up to go to Duke. He, he, he was slow to, to start the season because man, did Duke have some talent. They had a lot of talent, like, wow, a lot of talent. But if you look at his shoot, if you look at his shooting splits, bless you. If you look at his shooting splits, um, as I look them up real quick, um, he was shooting forty percent from three, easily, easily, and his form looks really good. And then you look at him attack off the dribble, and his handle is low. And you can see all the skill sets there. He shot 45% from three, playing 24 minutes a game. He shot 45, 49, and can't see the free throws. But that's, man, that's exactly the shooting that NBA teams love out of a strong and long 6'6 small forward. My comparison for him, as we were talking about this earlier, is Jimmy Butler. But it's Jimmy Butler who can shoot forty-four percent from three. Wow! Now there's now there's like upside that's talking, you know, all NBA type upside right there. Um, so that's who I'm picking. Any thoughts on AJ Griffin? Um, yeah, just I do agree they need a wing. That's for sure, right? They already got their stone foundation stone and. Yeah, Fox and Sabonis, right? They need something in between to bridge it off, to, you know, open up the floor, to do other things, to play defense. And Adrian Griffin does that, but does he have Jimmy Butler's mentality and mindset to be better than the Duke self? It's like averaging 11, uh, 10 points, 9 points. But that doesn't, you know, that doesn't affect how, like the stats don't tell how good of a player AJ is. And you can see from a lot of other prospects like Scotty Barr last year, he averaged like eight points at Florida State, right? So college and pro is different. So if Adrian Griffin gets the ball, he's shown the ability to you know, shoot the ball, catch and shoot, to stretch out the floor for De'Aaron Fox to attack the basket, for Sabonis to post up, to cut, you know? So like he's that type of player that the Kings needed. And I think, yeah, that makes sense. Absolutely. I, I like that. I don't think that's really a consensus. I think that give us, gives us a little differentiation. 
you know, we're not we're not just reading off some mock drafts we found online. Um, so yeah, all right, AJ to Sacramento. On the clock now, we got the Detroit Pistons. So, what I have in my mock draft at Shaden Sharp going to Kings, but now with the Detroit Pistons, I think, you know. Shaden Sharp is this player. I know a lot of people have questioned him, played a game, whatever, but he's got so much upside. And I know everybody looks like a Hall of Famer to go up against those chairs at the draft camp. But the guy really looks like if you're the Detroit Pistons, you want to, you know, throw the dice and take a bet here. He could be either a really superstar player or he can be not as developed and not as, you know, mature as you think, but his tools are there. He's he's a 6'6 six, six shooting guard and his shot looks really smooth. And if you pair that up, so he's like a scoring first guard, wing, whatever player. And if you pair that up with Cade Cunningham, who's a playmaker that can score the ball when needed, I think that's a really good, you know, that's a really good duel in the backcourt or, you know, shading, uh, uh, shading sharp shooting and open up for other options. And you got Sadiq Bay on the wing. And I think that's pretty exciting, but you know, there's risk to it, but I think it's a risk, a good risk to have Absolutely. for the Pistons. That's a, that's a great pick. I, I think I would do the same thing, you know, if this is the way it played out. Um, you know, I saw his measurements, 6'11 wingy. You know, that, that pushes him, that really turns on a lot of GMs out there. Um, that turns him into, you know, like a combo guard to a, can guard a three, can, can, can guard bigger positions. Um, mm -hmm. And I really think that's the best fit, too, in Detroit at this spot. You have, I don't know what they're going to do with Jeremy Grant, but he's kind of your big contract. Like, why not pay him it? Um, but they already have some some solid, bigger wings like Sadiq Bay, who they like, who I think is really good, and and Jeremy Grant. Um, and then that that kind of relegates um, Killian Hayes to like a backup point guard, which I think is kind of his best position right now. Um, and then you have. You said it all. You know, you have a playmaker and then your scorer. And I think Shaden Sharp has the potential to be, you know, a really, you know, he's unknown, but he has a lot of potential and he was a super high recruit for a reason. So it'll be interesting to see where he goes and how his career plays out. Absolutely. So with the fifth pick, Mikey's got Shaden Sharp going to Detroit. Now I'm on the clock with the Indiana Pacers at number six. Here, I think this is the most set in stone pick of the draft. The fit makes so much sense. And there's so many connections here, but we, I have Keegan Murray going to Indiana at six. You know, I've, I've heard murmurs of, of him going to Indiana. I've seen mocks of him going to Indiana for months and months and months. And 
you know, I was never the biggest fan of him. I always thought he was a little, a little stiff, a little like, is he, is he kind of just an undersized version of Jabari Smith? Or is he more of more dynamic than that? And then I watched a little bit more of his highlights and I'm like, wow, this, this, this guy can not only triple threat from the high post, up fake, rip, get to the rim, but he can also up fake, rip, get to the rim, jump stop, up fake again, reverse pivot, and then hit a fadeaway jumper. Like that's a little, that's, you know, that's step seven of the plan from a big guy who wants to be able to shoot. And that's an advanced skill set, which I think it'll fit perfectly in Indiana. They're in desperate need of some wings who can move and play defense. You know, they pretty much gutted their team and chose Miles Turner over Sabonis, which who knows how that, that'll play out. But you look at their roster and they got Buddy Heald playing the three. Like Buddy yeah. Heald can't even, he can't even guard a two or a one. Like, how is he supposed to guard threes? Um, so I like him in there at, you know, at, full, at, at a forward spot. And I think he, he fills a lot of needs that Indiana needs. Um, so, yeah, what do, you, what do you think about Keegan Murray? Do that. 40.2% uh, from three last season. That's it. Really good player. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Yeah, and, it's, and he's one of those dudes who was – we're going to see a lot of those dudes in this draft, actually. Second-year guys who made, you know, sophomores who made big leaps from their freshman year. Mm-hmm. You know, had the tools, maybe underperformed, but then really had a jump. We see it in, in Ivy, Keegan Murray. We're going to see it in, in a couple other players in this draft. Um, you know, NBA, NBA teams love that. Love to see that development. Love to see that, mm-hmm. you know, that growth. So... All right, Keegan Murray to Indiana at six. Now, Mikey, you're back on the clock with the Trailblazers at seven. Um, I have no clue what they're doing right now, too. They're the messiest, the messiest team in the NBA right now, for sure. But I don't know what Damian Lillard will compete as next year. It's like him play this whole year, and they got this Ann Simons thing going on. It's like, oh, he's been playing pretty well. And they're probably gonna pay from there, from from there, and then it's Nurkic and in between, it's just a mess. I don't even want to see it. I don't know. I don't know half the team, right? Like remember Greg Brown, like he's playing like big minute now. But uh, for this spot, <clears throat> so I mentioned earlier, I love Johnny Davis, and I want to, I want to put Johnny Davis in there as the two or the three as this two-way threat that can take out the load of the offensive end a little bit from Dame, but also help off on the defensive end on the, <clears throat> in the backcourt that like can guard uh, position of one to three. So um, pretty developed, you know, player, uh, Big Ten player of the year. And I think he'll fit right in as a play now type of player instead of like developing type of player mm-hmm. and um, the mindset mentality is there also as you see him play like the um the effort that he gives like he 
you know, you care about the game. And I feel like that's the correct spirit to have and the culture to build in Portland right now. Yeah. Yeah, his skill set is, you know, every, everyone's going to stare at that 29% from three this, this past season at Wisconsin. Everyone's going to be talking about that. I think it's an anomaly. I think this dude is actually a really, really talented scorer and an offensive creator. Um, he reminds me, you know, not really the athleticism, but he reminds me of Donovan Mitchell in terms of his, his frame and his ability to um, be, be crafty off the dribble and create a three-point shot. Yeah, I think he's, he's really good. It's just about, you know, I haven't really looked into his defense. You say you can play it, but I'm not really sure. Um, not sure if the wingspan's there to be able to guard threes, honestly. Um, that would be my question. And then with Dame and Simons and Johnny Davis, where's the defense coming from? You know, where is the defense there? Is that just another CJ McCollum coming in and they're going to run into Johnny the same Davis. problems? Johnny Davis is really good. Like one of the like prospect report, prospect report, like one of the big strengths is on, on ball defense. So that's why, that's the only reason okay. why I picked Okay. Yeah, I think they got to make a decision then with Dame and, you know, because there's a lot of guards at this point in the draft. It's just a ton of guards. You know, do they go Jalen Duran or something? Do they try to get a big, you know, a versatile athletic big to kind of get off of Nurkic's slow behind? Um, who knows? But, okay. Okay. I like Johnny Davis, so we got him going seven to Portland. Mm. Now, now on the clock, I think the most pivotal, pivotal team here, like, you know, the probably the best team out of this top ten. I don't know whose pick they got. I don't. I wonder who they got this from. Maybe the Lakers. The Lakers. Lakers. They got the Lake. They got it from the Lakers. Wow. Wow. Wow, wow. The Lakers could maybe this great. pick. They could use this pick, man. Um, that's a bro, that's a whole topic right there. Is this turnaround? It's almost like the Celtics turnaround. Everyone couldn't even watch the Celtics play. They were so disgusting in the way they're losing games for the last two years. And then magically they just the energy shifted and they turned it around. Now everything's amazing for them. Very similar to what's been happening here in New Orleans with, with their GM, David Griffin. The last two years with his Zion stuff, everyone, including myself, is like, what, what, what has this man been doing? Like, you get Steven Adams can't shoot. You get Eric Bledsoe can't shoot. You get all these players who can't space the floor around Zion, and they've been nothing but disappointing. But yet this year... They get CJ and they get that guard who can create his own shot and actually score 30 for you. Herbert Jones has been a huge, huge revelation for them. You got, you know, 6'9", Jose Alvarado, great draft pick as well. Jonas Valanciunas can hit corner three, so he's kind of that spacing five man. They really flip their roster around. 
And really the only thing they need is a little bit more shooting and a little bit more, almost I'd say like guard depth. You know, it's really just CJ and then Jose. And we'll wait on Kira Lewis to come back. But, you know, it was Herb playing the two, and Herb is not a two. He's just defensively can do that. So I have I have New Orleans taking uh, Benny Mathurin out of Arizona. Benny, he's a 6'6", you know, wing player who has had this, again, another huge leap from his freshman year. And he's got that that dog, that grit, that that bite your lip and go at your chest type of mentality. And I I think he's got a lot of upside. I think he would be amazing with almost any team, really. But especially if he comes into a team who who has a a need in his role where he could get a lot of playing time, I think he could be a really good player. Um, it's just about is he is he willing to be the fifth best player on the court? Who knows? We'll see. Um, but that's my pick, Benedict Mathurin to New Orleans at eight. Any thoughts? I think he, I think you're right. Guard depth, all that. Agreed. I move on. You probably pretty much said everything, you know, about the roster. No. Okay. Okay. Now we got San San Antonio at nine. Yeah, another team with Keldon Johnson at the power forward. It's just so many things. Like every year we do this, can never guess what the Spurs is doing in the draft. Yep. They can draft this random. Like European player this year is like Jovic. They can draft him. They yeah. can draft like somebody like Josh Pimmel. Completely don't get that. Mm. Last year it's like, who is this guy? And he didn't like he didn't he didn't do anything. Right. So yeah. he was playing for them a lot, honestly. He was starting a lot of games at the end of the year. I know, yeah, they were very good, but I'm not I'm not a fan of that guy. And they have like plenty of guards. And I don't know what their plan is. But right now on the board, let's see. Jay and Ivy still not off the board, but I don't think. Oh my God, I don't think. I, I don't think not, But I'm not picking him because Ivy and Murray's not not going to be a good fit together. But to be something, you know, little put a little fun in there. If I'm the Spurs GM, I'm picking Mark Williams. That's that's what I was going to do too. That's exactly yeah. the same thing I was going to do. Mark Williams, you see his videos and like the measurements measurements it looks ridiculous <laughs> it's, ridiculous. And it's not like he's a stiff anyway you know he's no. like all touch and skill he can shoot he can shoot five for nine from like like he like jump shots five for nine small sample size in college but he can shoot the ball his shot looks smooth and his standing reach is ridiculous yeah he's touching the rim basically yeah so this shot blocker, lob threat, maybe stretch five potential, maybe stretch five potential. It'll be pretty dope for the Spurs, I think, to pair up with uh, Dejounte Murray, and at least have some defense rather than Jacob Porto, right? Better defense, a lot better defense. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I completely agree, man. I think <laughs> I think Mark Williams, he's like he's been a huge unknown this whole year. You know, he's kind of this like this like secret weapon that Duke had. That it's hard, you know, big old secret weapon. Um, but you hear people like you see his measurements, you see seven two, seven nine wingspan, and you think he's gonna be as Rudy Gobert, you can't even give him the ball on offense type player, right? But he's actually he's got touch and skill, like I mentioned, and he can he can pass the ball a little bit. He's got a little floater, you know. The jump shot actually looks like fluid, like you were talking about. Um, so I think he's got a lot of potential. You know, he's kind of what he makes up for in size and, and skill. Maybe Jalen Duran makes up for in athleticism and motor. So it's kind of just where you want to pick your center at this point if you're looking for a center. Um, it's pretty much between those two. But I like that pick. Is it is it a San Antonio type pick? Hell no. Do I think they're gonna do that? Probably not. But I like it. I like it. I think it makes sense. Okay. So the last pick, you just reminded me that Jaden Ivey's still on the board. I'm he's like, perfect. The hell? He's, he's perfect. perfect. He's he's perfect. You know, the only thing I saw on their depth chart that they needed was a point guard. That's it. Like they have no point guard. You can't you can't be starting Raul Ra- Neto for seventy two games and expect oh. to make the playoffs. Um, and I think it man, it's such a perfect fit. They need a point guard. He's that special point guard. Um, if I was him, maybe I move up and try to get him. I think that would be that would be a really smart move. Um, but man, we have him. We have we have him dropping all the way to ten. It's, it's just because we're we're going for fit, man. That that's not gonna happen. It's not gonna happen. No. He might he might go two. Uh, I don't know. He might he might go somewhere else. But I think I think there's other teams that should be training out the ghetto. Definitely. Mm. Like maybe New York or something, or I don't know. Pelicans. The Pels, maybe. I mean, I could have taken them at eight. You know, yeah. the Pelicans. Um, that would have made a lot of sense too. But I kind of like CJ at the point, and then playing a lot of bigger players. That kind of that kind of messed a lot of teams up at the end of the year. Um, you know, Jackson Hayes at the four. But for Washington, again, they don't they don't really have a point guard, and then they have Brad Beal and a slurry uh, like a slurry of wings. Um, with Denia Vija and Kispert and KCP and Kuzma and all these kind of above average wing players. And then they have these kind of big forward types like Rui and Gafford and Chris Tapps. So they got a lot to figure out with their roster, but if they can get a good point guard like Ivy, I, I could easily see them being 7 8 seed next year. Um, so, yeah, that'll conclude it. We got Jade and Ivy going 10 to Washington. There we have it. Our, our top 10, our early top 10 
of the 2022 NBA draft. All right. So we're gonna we're gonna close that book and then we're gonna open this book up real quick. Mikey, we talked about J Law, right? We've talked about that in a, in a podcast before. Um, but you just started. You are uh, still week one, right? Week two, week two, excuse me, week two. And you know, you're working with some 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 names. Mm -hmm. How is yeah. it? Talk to me about it. Oh, it's amazing. It's like you see like insider how they work pre-draft, what they do, what their plan is every day, you know, like how the business work and meet a lot of different people. I've met a lot of different people for the past week and a half. Right. Uh, one guy, it's like the Florida Prince, Dyson Daniels, right? Potential top of the pick, right? Guy is funny as hell, right? And then, but, and then like a couple other players um, in the draft. Um, uh, I don't know if you know this guy, Luke Travers, Australian guy too. Yeah, yeah, I've been saying about him, yeah. Lou yeah, Travers, my favorite guy, Rossier Bolton from Gonzaga, uh, from Gonzaga, um, Jordan Usher, a couple other dudes. It's like you just see like the pro workouts, and then it's like a lot different than your high school, college workouts, right? And then what they'd be teaching, and like, like the process. It's like it's really fascinating, and then it's been great so far, I think. Absolutely. That's, man, that's so cool. And you were mentioning it to me earlier. You were saying just like, just like being there, the amount of interactions that are going on, you know, you're going to have so, so many opportunities to just build connections with people you never thought you would meet before. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I was talking that, with this guy. Yeah, I was talking with this guy. His name is Pat. He used to play at Kobe. And I've been actually following him on TikTok, Chinese TikTok for a while. He's like uh, he's like the trainer for a CBA team for like a year or two before mm -hmm. the uh, COVID hit. And this guy was like dunking on the free throw line in his videos. And like he works really hard and all that. And like legit, it was like the second or third day I got there. I saw this guy. I was like, aren't you that guy? And then we started talking. I said, yeah, we got to grab food sometimes. It's just, it's like, it's like surreal. It's like some people you never thought you would meet just sat next to you and want to start a conversation with you. Yeah. And these type of like environments, it's like everybody, you know, like we get each other. We know what we're talking about. And, and I, I, I couldn't think of a better, man, I couldn't think of a better person to drop into a situation like this. Like, not only are you 6'10", like, sure, let's give you that and put it to the side real quick. That gives you enough, you know, attention right away. But man, you just, you got such amazing humility. Like you could talk to anyone and you, you're gonna be the same way to everyone. And that, that is such a amazing skill to be able to possess. And it's such a skill that everyone loves and if you put yourself you sprinkle a little basketball in with every everything which you know 
obviously if we're talking like this you you know a little bit about um man you're gonna make so many connections and like i've said before it's gonna be such a great thing but is it driving you nuts that you're not getting paid i thought it would but it's actually been pretty good so far way better than i thought it would be because just the people i've been working with is fantastic and also you know yeah, and then um, I know, game, I know. Yeah, I know. I, <laughs> there's one player you want to work with, but um, oh yeah, but um, he's giving me like a Sunday. It's like a hundred fifty dollars just to sit there right now. So um, that's and I'm doing like training on the side, so I kind of you know pays my few like gas mm-hmm. and. Um, but like the experience there, it's like first couple of days, pretty hard trying to learn everything, trying to know people. But recently it's like, I'm just talking straight shit with these pros. Like, I'm going to lock you down. I'm going to lock you up. Right? And like, like since day one, Dyson Daniels came back on that combine. I'm like, I'm on your ass, man. And yeah. Like, all right. Like, you know, he's talking crap with me. I'm talking crap with him. It's mutual. And yeah, it's been fun. It's been really fun. That's awesome. I'm I'm really looking forward to hearing more about it as you continue to meet new people and, and keep doing this. So man, that's mm-hmm. awesome. So all right, that's where that's where we're gonna wrap it up today. We had our NBA draft talk and then a little bit of Mike Gao and J Law B ball at the end. So this has been a little bit of NBA talk on the KD pod and I'm out.